0: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Rugby Player Podcast. I'm your host Harry Benno. Uh, this episode I spoke to Taylor Adams from the Toronto Arrows. Taylor's a New Zealand-born professional rugby player, spent some time in Oz with Melbourne Rebels before coming over to Toronto where he's been with a club for one season, obviously cut short uh, with everything that's going on at the moment, but awesome to catch up with Taylor. He um, certainly knows how to express himself on the field and with Footy finally coming back now with the Super Rugby and Zed. It was great to get his insight on all things Kiwi footy. I hope you enjoy the episode. Taylor,
1: how are you, brother? What's up, my man? How's things? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, can't complain. Getting into summer now here in Toronto. So, uh, yeah, I'm really happy about that.
0: Mate, that's awesome. Everything we've seen on uh, your social media the last couple of (laughs) weeks has been golf courses and polo, so...
1: Yeah, literally that, that that's all I've been doing. Um the golf isn't getting any better. Um uh-huh. and I rode I literally rode my first horse the other day, so you know, small steps.
0: Yeah, right, mate, tell us about that experience. One of your teammates is a polo player?
1: Yeah, Leo. So one of the boys I live with, um our winger, he um he's into his horses and, and polo and that, so he works um up at a farm, at a polo farm and he plays polo there, so just on the weekends or or when we get spare time, he um he takes us up there and takes us for a ride. So I went uh, I went up on the weekend,
0: mate. That's epic. Doesn't um Sammy Malcolm have a bit of background in polo as well back home in NZ?
1: Um yeah, I think Sammy's got a he's... bit of a uh, bit of everything in his background. He used to play tennis. He's probably got uh, polo and, and like uh, horses and his family and that um down from where he's from. So uh, I think he knows a little bit about it as well, mate. That's awesome.
0: So um. Let's let's jump into it. Obviously for the listeners, um, speaking to Taylor Adams from the Toronto Raptors, but mate, I might sorry, Toronto Arrows. I
1: mate, wish I'll, the Raptors. Uh, yeah, raptors. Wish.
0: yeah. I'll um I'll throw over to you, mate, and you can just give us a bit of a background on your um playing career and, and life growing up in NZ.
1: Yeah, I guess um for me i started with uh rugby really early i just followed my dad uh down to the rugby club since i was pretty much two or three years old and, and started playing when i was four so uh rugby's always been um in my blood or i've always been around it and involved um in it some way so i guess uh it, it was pretty natural for me um over time to progress and, and want to become a professional rugby player um obviously i started my probably my real career was at Calston at, at high school at Calston boys. That's where I first started to really play um, some proper rugby and decent rugby. And it was a bit of a change for me because I went into the Auckland competition where previously I'd been um, playing in the North Harbor competition, you know, in Auckland, um, it's split into two sides. Um, so that was probably where it all started. And then uh, after our final, um, my final year at high school, we won, we won nationals, the New Zealand um, first of thing title and, I got an opportunity to go down to Southland and sign with the Stags, so I went down there for three and a half years and played um, some Martin Cup um, for them, uh, which was uh, another learning curve for me going from a big city down to Invercargill. There was not too many people. It was uh, cold. Um, you know, there was only about four of us that knew each other that were from Auckland and and I'd been to school with, so that was a, a new experience in itself, not only for rugby but just the the living circumstances and and the uh yeah the life experiences i guess um and then yeah from from there playing um after my first season with with the stags i managed to get into the new zealand under 20s squad and uh traveled with them to the world cup in 2013 so you know that was um that was a real uh proud moment for me and, and probably my family because i was never you know, looked looked at on the, on the New Zealand scene and schoolboy rugby or anything like that, probably. So to be able to just go into a system and work my way into that squad, you know, that was something I was really proud of. And, you know, it was one of the best times in my playing career and probably still one of my proudest. Uh, and then I changed it up and, and flew over to Aussie and there was an opportunity there to play in the NRC, um, which is sort of the provincial comp, I guess, for Australian rugby and um, I started there with the, with the Western Sydney Rams, or the Greater Sydney Rams, and then um, played a um, couple seasons in the Shoot Shield, the club competition there for West Harbour, um, which I really enjoyed, and um, I was thankful enough in my last year in 2017 with, the, uh, with West Harbour that um, I got picked up with the Rebels um, for Super Rugby, so I went down to Melbourne for nine months and Uh, got a taste of super rugby and managed to make my debut which is um, also really special as well just being in that environment um, around those players that you know the some of the best in the world uh, that have played international rugby or just been in super rugby programs for so long um, just just seeing how they went about uh, their daily things um, the things they did off the field were probably more important than they did on it so just picking up those little things it was uh, you know it was a really cool experience to be just to be in there and uh being a full time environment where you, you're going in to get better every day and you know it was just something really cool and a, and another proud moment I guess. Mate. And then and then obviously uh managed to uh luck out and find myself in Toronto. So now we're here probably um you know which is good and you know I am happy to be here.
0: Mate, that's awesome. I, not not the um the typical sort of pathway into MLR but um I think just from those early days at, at Southland and, and Stags and playing in the NZ 20s, like what other guys that have sort of pushed on with their careers that you were in that squad with?
1: Um, well, our captain was Artie Saver. Yeah. For that squad. So he's probably the biggest one, one of the biggest that that's gone on. Um, but we had the likes of Paddy Tupelota as well. Scotty Barrett, um, Joey Weber. We had Simon Hickey, Lolangi Visaner, who's playing over in France. Like we had, we had quite a few um, names that have gone on to play at least within the New Zealand scene or in super rugby or, or pick up contracts overseas. So, um, you know, for me, just being around those guys, like Adi Saver, and there was another guy, Lalangi Visineer, who was from my school. They were playing New Zealand sevens at high school, you know, in their last year of school. So even to be around those guys at the under 20 level was, you know, was, was nearly, we were looking up to them uh, sort of already.
0: Mate, a hundred percent. I mean, I'm trying to remember. There was a couple of years back to back around that time where the NZ 20s teams were just absolutely stacked, and that certainly yeah. am
1: I, 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 I don't know. There was like up to like 2011, even. I think it was like 2008 or 19, maybe like with Stephen Tour and that and Lima Sopaulonga. I think like 14 of the starting 15 or 14 of the 15 players, you know, that started the final or whatever, went on to be All Blacks or something. Yeah, so it's crazy. It's crazy that they've had some really good teams over. Uh, over the the history of that junior world cup,
0: hundred percent, mate. And then, what was um what was sort of the thought process or the opportunity to to bring you over to Oz?
1: Uh, I had I was off contract with Southland, uh, and they were going through a um a coaching change, and that was sort of when I was still playing halfback, and so all my Māori team cup and New Zealand twenties, I was playing at nine. Oh, true. And that, yeah, yeah. So I didn't really play start playing first five. Like I played it at school, but I didn't really play any met, like full on first five until that two thousand and seventeen year where I got signed from the Rebels. So that was like my first full out and out year. The year before I'd played um halfback and a little bit of first five, um or I'd just flip in between. And that's yeah, that's probably two thousand seventeen was my first full year. Where I just focused on ten, um, which managed to work out and suited my game better. I feel and don't don't think I could ever go back to um to being a halfback. Um, but yeah, so we'll just go through a coaching change down in Southland. Then um, I knew a trainer who had worked in Southland who was um, with Eastwood at the time, like as their trainer there.
0: Mate, before you go any further, how small is this world? I know exactly who you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. Clint Hill.
1: Clint Hill, Clintos. He
0: um, he actually was one of my big um, strength and conditioning coaches um, through all my rehab shit around the same time. So he's an absolute yeah, bro, top bloke. Yeah.
1: Yeah yeah the man so um you know I stayed in contact with him and uh also through um Grayson Hart his brother uh, who's you know he's a halfback, he's playing over in Scotland and uh, Europe and that now so um his brother also as well got in got in touch with a guy and um just randomly through like uh, work connections that my dad had or something like that yeah. you know they just talked rugby and uh came up that uh, there was a chance to come over to to Aussie for the NRC um so at the time like when they were explaining NRC they were trying to sell it like the mitre 10 so i was like oh this is going to be unreal going to aussie pretty much do the same thing um but when we got into the nrc i could see it was like uh still feeling new and a little bit different um especially with you know nothing against the rams but especially with the rams it was just a little bit disorganized and stuff so you know i was a little bit shocked when i first got over there but part of that contract uh, meant i had to sign with the shoot shield club and stay and play that year so i was thankful that um that was actually in the contract then. I got to stay in Sydney for another year, uh, enjoyed the lifestyle and everything with it, and, and the rugby and the Shoot Shield, and yeah, managed to stay um uh, another year with West Harbour before I before I moved to Melbourne.
0: Mate, where um, where were you living in Sydney at the time?
1: Uh, I was living in Concord, so like yep. in, a, in the west, sort of. Um, so it's a it's a pretty nice area. Like it was perfect for me. I was literally like a two minute walk down to um Concord Oval. I had the mall one way, I had like uh, some nice cafes and all that, restaurants down the other way, the train station just up the road and it was like maybe half an hour to Bondi, so it was perfect though, I really wasn't complaining at all. No,
0: 100%, and then so you were West Harbour for a couple of years, am I right in saying you won a catch pole medal as well?
1: Yeah, that was the 2017, yeah, so um, we ended up missing out on the finals I think by uh, maybe one point. Yeah. I think we ended up losing, we, we lost the game, I think maybe even to Parramatta by one, and then so, yeah, we ended up um, just missing out, and I think we would have been really dangerous if we got into that final series because we were just hitting some form, like our last game of the season, Manly, who were top of the table, minor premiers, we put 60 points on them in that, you know, so yeah. we were really starting to hit our straps, but uh, that was the year, yeah, I got um, I was the top top point scorer uh, in the shoot shield, and, and then got the um, king catch bubble as well, so at the time, I or like during the season, I didn't really know what it meant or how it was voted or didn't really get the understanding. I was just playing, yeah. you know, enjoying it and thinking, oh, yeah, I was going all right. But um, once I really sort of found out the history and went to the awards and got it, you know, it was it was something I'm really proud of.
0: Mate, 100%. Like, for listeners that don't understand, that's basically the MVP of the Shoot Shield competition. And there's, I think, 12 teams in the comp. So, your first year to come over and win that, mate, is pretty, pretty massive. So, awesome
1: yeah yeah it was i think it was just the style of rugby in Australia. like it was a bit different to back home usually back home it's a bit tighter it's a bit more physical whereas when i came here like my fitness i was like wow i need to start running some shadows just the heat it was a more expansive wide to wide game so i think once i got used to that it ended up uh it ended up suiting my style quite well yeah and
0: and mate, just on that style obviously um you know you're not shy of throwing a, uh, a no look or a flick pass or something like that but like where's where's that sort of expression come from in your playing style like who did you look up to as a
1: as a player from um the group? i guess for me probably like um there was three three main guys like there was carlos spencer he played for the Blues, played for Auckland. I grew up watching him. I remember going to the, his last game at Eden Park. He signed my jersey, like, right above the Blues logo and everything. So, there was him. Uh, and you know how he loved to play, yeah. like, uh, through the leg part, banana kicks, kicks off the knee. Um, then there was Dan Carter. Um, obviously, as I got a bit older as well, and just seeing the way he was so controlled in his game and could and could run a game, but he still had that um, attacking uh, factor about him. It was just in a different way. He did the same thing just in a different way, more conventional way, nearly. And then there was also um, Benji Marshall, who plays rugby league. Um, He was He's still probably one of my favourite players, Uncle Benji. Just, I don't know, I think it was just the way he could go out there and use his footwork to beat people and and his speed and just how he played with freedom. And uh, my saying is like, you know, um, live by the sword, die by the sword. and, And that's how I'll probably always be. And sometimes there's... You know, I think as I've got older I've learned to, you know, there is moments where sometimes, okay, it's probably not the percentage play, but most of the time it's instinct and if I feel it's on, I'm gonna I'm gonna try do something that I think's on or or I back in my ability.
0: Mate, love that. And uh, just on the Benji Marshall stuff, like um for me as well, like he's um a huge huge person in my footy career as well that I looked up to him. Probably like the original um hot stepper that sort of just come out and obviously there's been a bunch of guys that have done it since but um, what was, was rugby league ever in your thoughts growing up or something that you may have considered just with your style of play?
1: Uh, it wasn't really until my last year of high school. Like, my brother-in-law has always played league. He was a really good league player within within New Zealand and stuff. Um, and it wasn't until my last last year of high school. Like, we won, as I said, the first 15 nationals. We went to the Sevens Nationals and we won that. And we had won that for, like, the fourth year in a row. Yeah. Um, so, after that title, the... Um, Nights approached like a, a agency and, and offered me or, or wanted to talk to me about possibly going over there for the under twenties and that. Um, but at the time I had already signed my contract with South and then, you know, my dad was pretty old school, like, not, nah, you've, you've signed, you stay committed to your word, that sort of thing. So, which was fair enough, but I was pretty gutted. Cause I was like, damn, I can always come back to rugby. Yeah. Um. But then like, you know, a couple months down the line, they ended up convincing us to have a talk and that. Um, but by the time we tried to talk back to the Knights and that they had, um, they had found someone else. So, you know, it was one of those things like, oh, it would have been a cool experience, but then again, you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to play under 20s, um, get my rugby resume up. So, you know, it's, you know... Nah, mate, it all I, I, I would out, have enjoyed hey. it, but... Yeah, exactly, like, you know, different things came up, so, but it's still something that I always keep in the back of my mind, and I still talk to my brother-in-law about, like, I'd really love to, love to um, play it or give it a go, because I think it would suit my style, the defense has to be back 10 meters, so you just have that little bit more time, Um, yeah, I think it, you know, it's something that I've always got in the back of my mind, but for now, it's rugby at least.
0: 100. percent And then off the back of that as well, uh, you see all the those old school footage um, of Sean Johnson. Was touch footy ever a thing for you as well?
1: Yeah, touch was massive. We I played that um, since I can remember as well, growing up all through the summer. Um, I remember playing like Auckland or like uh, Auckland age groups with like Bryn Hall, who's yep. the halfback now for Crusaders, and that. Like, we had some some really good. Um, players in our team that that went on to do rugby. We had Peter Aki and that I've played touch with like that I went to school with. So um, touch is a big culture. Touch and tag in New Zealand is a big culture and I think that's where we get a lot of our skills from because we're playing with a ball or a ball sports rugby ball all year round. So winter we've got rugby, summer we come into touch and it's when everyone can play and it's a game where you can have fun or it can be serious but it's just a chance to muck around, chuck on your big goose step or, you know, practice your skills. So touch was massive uh, massive growing up. I remember playing against Sean Johnson at um, Auckland Regionals and and Nationals and that a couple of times. So um, you know, touch was, was really big for us and that. I, um, I have
0: to say that
1: that shaped that. I think probably how I how I played.
0: Yeah, mate, and I have <coughs> to say um, that's probably the the biggest thing I'm missing living over here in the states is just not having like a, a touch comp during the summertime to just go out there and like, as you no, said, actual,
1: the... you know actual though live I miss jamming so much and I don't really know if there's a league here or or how they play it here in Toronto probably different to back home but uh, last summer like uh, since I've been like 12 we've always had like our family team where my sister's in that play and now we've got another team from um, the west side, from where I'm from, infamous, and we go and enter in tournaments. So I got to uh, you know play a little bit more when I was back home over the last couple of months before coming over, yeah. coming over here, you know, which was which was really enjoyable for me, and it's the best way for me to get my fitness instead of just running uh, straight lines. Hundred
0: percent, and as you said, just like throw out that goose step or the that the mobile <laughs> spiral and just see how it goes, Yeah.
1: Yeah, honestly, you no know, one like they get you get mad or yelled at, but no one really cares because you're going to get the ball back. You know, it's set of six; it's always turning over and so fast So you're going to have. You know, there's that many opportunities in the game you can afford to maybe chuck a fifty-fifty here or try something if it's on. Yeah,
0: mate. Um, well, fingers crossed we can maybe sort out some sort of uh, hybrid M L R competition over the summer time. That'd be pretty mean.
1: Oh. That'd be deadly. That'd be pretty dope. Like, they're doing that with the NRL at the moment. They've got, like, the NRL uh, touch competition. So, like, all the NRL teams have a touch team as well, and they follow them, and they play in that. Um, so, that would be something we could look into.
0: 100%. Mate, talk us, um, talk us about the Melbourne Rebels situation. Like, obviously, a couple of awesome years playing Shoot Shield and NRC and then picked up by the Rebels. That must have been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a crazy time. I wasn't really expecting anything. Um, super rugby wise, I was just playing. I was in the NRC, and I I thought I was playing all good, but nothing special. Um, and then, yeah, the Rebels got in touch, and and things just starting to flow and started to talk more. And I ended up um, having a meeting with the with the head coach Dave Russell's, and you know, it kind of just snowballed. And I remember driving to NRC training one afternoon to go uh, train with the Eagles, and I got a call, and it was from Dave, and I remember pulling over. And he just told me that, um, you know, we're gonna send the contract through. We we want to sign you. We're really keen to have you. And even saying it now still gives me goosebumps because yeah. it was just crazy to think like you'd always seen these guys on TV, always dreamed of being there, but I never really, thought, as much as I wanted, I never really sort of thought, oh, it will happen or it might happen uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. I was just playing rugby, and then for it to actually happen and come true, like, yeah, it was just a surreal feeling and. By the time we finished the NRC, like everything flipped real quick. I went uh, pretty much down to Melbourne the next week um, so I could have an early preseason and go uh, go on a, a trip to Japan with them to play a game over there and just start to get into the system. So, you know, it, it all happened really fast. And um, I was just grateful that I, I was in that position and, and had the opportunity to be around those players and in that environment. Who
0: were the boys down the Rebels that sort of reached out to you and helped you out during your time there?
1: um well probably my first of all is like one of the younger fellas um godzi harrison goddard that was that was my best mate like for whatever reason probably because he was a nine and he's a little bit on the cheeky side too and a smart ass like we just got along and clicked. so he was um he was probably my first real boy there and i lived with um jack Jack mcgregor sione Sopolotu. like uh at first it was the wallabies weren't really in there so i got um it was a good way to kind of get accustomed with the club and the group and that, because there was a lot of the younger boys and the Island boys. So it was easy for me to relate yeah. to. Um And then once we got in there, everyone was like uh, a lot of the players, like the top dogs I was so scared of were like, you know, the nicest guys and uh, made it real easy. And, um, you know, I say this a lot to everyone. Uh, Willie Guinea is probably like the nicest um top dog player I've ever met. Like um he's so humble, so willing with his time or just willing to give things up. Like, I, uh, he had helped Godzi and myself, you know, um, you know, at the drop of a hat, whenever we had asked for video footage, just to hang out after training, go for a coffee, whatever it is. Um, So guys like that, you know, I was, it was just, just a really cool feeling to be able to say like, you know, oh, this guy that we used to think I was the best halfback in the world when they won the title with the Reds. Now I'm chilling with him, you know, it's just, it's just a crazy feeling. So, um, you know, uh, uh, most of that squad and, and all those boys that were in their environment really um, welcomed me. And it was pretty easy to fit in, to be fair.
0: Who were the preseason games that you guys played against that year?
1: Uh, we played Brumbies and Waratah. So, all pre-season, we're going into the Brumbies. All preseason. I was training well. had trained at 10. And then um, Mad Dog, uh, Jack Maddox came back in. And they were like, uh, we want Doggy to get some reps at 10. So, sweet. I jumped back to 15 hadn't played 15 since i was like 13 or 14 um start the game my first super rugby game at 15 so i'm like oh here we go we're kicking off i'm kicking my first super rugby touch it's a preseason, but i'm thinking this is the real yeah. deal i kick i kick it out on the full <laughs> <laughs> And i'm going oh wow long day here um but it ended up being you know not too bad um and then we played the the Waratahs the week after and it wasn't just a, a good game for us at all. By the time I came on, we had like a couple of yellow cards and, and that were down, we were kind of chasing it. So it wasn't really much of a pre-season game, I don't think, but it was a run around at least. Where
0: where was that play against the Tarts?
1: That was at Brookie. Okay.
0: Daytime? Just yeah. Imagine that time of
1: the year. It, like an, yeah, it was like uh, early evening, the like Arvo early evening. So it was actually <laughs> a really nice night. Like it was a perfect time yeah. for it. Um, and they got, a, they got a fairly good crowd out there in that as well, so even just those little things like having a crowd or you know playing in front of um, people and that and just the the music and the atmosphere that the energy it brings even though it was a preseason or you know whatever it's just that, that different sort of feeling from a normal club game or whatever it may be
0: 100 percent and was Quade there at the same time you were
1: there so he was there not that he was there um, my following year so I went I had the season at the rebels I went to Mitre team yep. Cup after that and I injured my ankle our last preseason game Um, so I pretty much missed the whole Mitre 10 Cup season I played one game and it was sort of misdiagnosed at the time so I just went back to Auckland rested it uh, wasn't really doing much the Rebels called me up for preseason so I was sweet flew over there and first day of testing we went to um, run like the Bronco And I just went to turn, and I just felt my ankle still wasn't right, and it clicked, and it popped, and I couldn't really run, so I pulled out, and then um, found out that you know I had some ligaments that that were torn and a floating bone, so I had to have surgery. So I missed out on pretty much that whole preseason, but I got maybe the first few weeks when Quaid was around, and he like for me someone I look up to because he plays that similar style to me um, off the field, like. I'm a big shoes and clothes guy. So the way he dresses, yeah. you know, like a swag and that, you know, it's top notch. So me, I was, I was just buzzing to be around him and see how he went about things and how humble he was. And that cool to just chill and, and share his knowledge and that with, um, uh, you know, with the team. So uh, it, it was just a cool experience to be around that and see how someone I, I know plays similar to me and just see how they think about it and, and how they go about Mate, the game. And
0: just public perception as well. I Obviously Quade comes with a bit of, um, baggage or perception yeah. from an outside standpoint, but like being in that environment and getting to know a guy, um, is completely different. Hey, right,
1: and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up because one of the first things I remember him saying on that on that field session before, like one of our first sessions in that testing, was like. Um, you know, what like and I remember that he he got us all in the huddle and he said, you know, doesn't matter who I am, what's come with me, it doesn't matter who we are here, but as soon as we wake up and we leave that door in the morning to come to training, you know, we leave those our egos at the door. That doesn't matter here anymore. You know, we've got to come together, doesn't matter about this guy, this guy. And so for me to hear him say that, um, you know, I was like, Oh wow, like you know, that that was pretty humbling. So if he if he has the maturity or, or whatever it is to say that, the confidence to say that that shows that other guys are going to, you know, take that lead and they're going to start to be more open and, and help the environment. So, you know, that's something I still remember clearly from that first week, um, or that was pretty much our first session that that he said to everyone, um, which was, you know, to see how everyone had talked about him, see how he's perceived and then for him to come in and say that and see how he really is. Um, you know, it's just yeah. It was yeah, really and that
0: was right off the back of him basically being exiled by the Reds and playing club footy up in Brizzy. So he uh, he he certainly Straight had off a the back point of that. to prove as well. Exactly, so, yeah, that's awesome. So then with the ankle, like obviously not a whole lot of game time um that year, but is that when you started to weigh up your options and, and look at coming over here? Like was that always a passion to get over to the States and, and Canada or
1: Uh to be honest, I was trying to get back into super rugby. Yeah. But I missed Um, you know I was still in talk to the Rebels and that but by the time my ankle and injury was was good and I was ready to go like they had started the super rugby season so there was no point them keeping me on contract or or trying to get me back down so I went straight into shoot shield season with Eastwood and honestly my ankle it still wasn't 100% I just I felt like I hadn't played in so long I was out of touch the first few games were a bit rough to be fair and then started to find my feet a little bit and then just got um a, a message from my coach uh, my club coach Ben Batcher saying um that Toronto was interested and would I be interested and it was something honestly that I'd heard about but never really thought yep. about um and then you know I just waited up I heard back from them um Pete Smith our backs coach here he was over, he came over to Australia he came back home so he watched our uh one of our games and it all just went from there really and I'm glad now that that I did do it and I took the risk and came over here for the opportunity. I just think uh, the way the league can grow and and has the opportunity to grow here, it, it could be really special. And I think just the way they've looked after the players, certainly in this time compared to a lot of other competitions, you know, they've set an example. So a lot of players will want to start to feed into that, which can only be um, better for the competition and start to grow it and expand. Hundred
0: percent, I guarantee you've had a bunch of boys hit you up over the last couple of months as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: hey? Yeah, like uh, I've had a few. Um, even before that, when they just knew I was coming to Ronzo, they probably just wanted to come for the trip, saying, "Yeah, man, tell the coaches, yeah. you know, if they need a halfback, if they need this, you know, I'm good." So, um, it's it's always hard because you know you want so, you want some of your boys here and that, but it's always hard to put like uh, say, "Oh, I've got someone" or "This," you know, without them having to ask you. I always feel, but you know, I always do have a little laugh when the boys want to. Uh, you know, trying to get over for a, at least for a 100%. trip.
0: 100%. And, mate, so, like, how are you enjoying it over here? Like, you having a good time? You think you'll see yourself here for a bit?
1: Yeah, yeah I love it here. I think, um, you know, now that it's starting to get into summer, I've heard, even though it's a bit different, everything's closed, uh, sort of closed here still. Um, I've heard so many good things. And, you know, this weather, the last few weeks we've had, it's been so hot. So I think I'm just going to stay here for the summer, um, rest the body, get the body ready again for another... Um, uh, in my last season. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, it's good to just have a break. It's nearly uh, been a while since we just get to have a break, stop thinking about rugby, relax and not have to worry too much about it. So it's, it's been a nice little change. to be 100%. Sure.
0: And how many of those boys um, are still in town at the moment? that have done the same as you.
1: Uh, there is, I think only like three of us. So there's me, Leo from Uruguay and uh, Tommy, our Argentinian. So, we're just trying to, we all just gym at the house um, together and hang out, drink our mate yep. um, and enjoy the sun. So we can't really complain. And, and for now, we're at least, uh, we're at least settled on uh, staying mate, here. that's
0: great. So talk, talk to us. Obviously, you've got a pretty good perfe- um, perspective in terms of like where the standard's at just coming back from Australia and playing in NZ. So like, how have you found the standard coming over here for the first couple of uh, games?
1: Uh, yeah I thought it was really good to be fair like the playing standard um i didn't feel uh, at least in physicality wise in that there wasn't too much of a drop off like I think there, it was possibly you know it's a little bit slower and more stoppages, but in terms of like the actual gameplay in that um you can see teams are trying to run game plans and you can see, like you can you can actually see what they 're trying to do, which shows that there is some sort of structure and understanding to what 's going on so um I thought it was a really good standard as as I said, maybe it's a little bit slower or more stoppages just in terms of penalty counts or, or um, kicking for touch. I, I found there was a lot of lineouts, you know, in our first few games. So in terms of those things, it was a little bit different, but uh, I think the skill level and the gameplay, you know, it, it's fairly similar. Um, and I, maybe like, I think for the biggest thing for, for us, I should say, and, and us as the arrows and myself as having that same kind of enthusiasm, more accuracy and training, um, you know it's a little bit different sometimes it's not as organized here sometimes we're moving around in that um, which we can't help so i think uh, it's just being able to be as accurate as we can in training and that's what uh then progresses into our game but um you know for the most part i, I really enjoyed it personally because it was um you know i i felt a lot of space for me to uh, attack or I, could, I started to see things as games went on that um you know i knew i could start to maybe have a look at or exploit so uh, obviously, I'm a bit disappointed we didn't get to see uh, see the season out, but I'm looking forward to next yeah, year. Yeah, of
0: course. And I can imagine maybe um, reminiscing on those days at Southland with the weather you boys have uh, got in Toronto, <laughs> huh?
1: Oh, like when me and Richie, so Richie's from Brisbane, me and R- Richie first rocked up, like, <laughs> I was like, what is this? I'm. I just We'd just come from summer, Christmas, you know, it was summer we're at the beach and that, straight into – like some snow and cold weather, and everyone here is saying, Oh, this is warm. This isn't a cold winter. And I'm thinking, You're joking. And like, it honestly, it took us a while to get used Man, to that's it. That's hilarious. It, it really did. Like, and Southland wasn't even really, like, now that I think about it, it didn't even really prepare me because it wasn't that cold compared true, to here.
0: True. Hey, um, Arrows, notoriously, just because of that, that climate, are on the road basically for the first <clears> half, <throat> half of the season. You've got a couple of little. <clears throat> Stories around your first couple of trips with the, the squad?
1: <laughs> so good. So the first one, we're like, um we're going to Vegas for the preseason. Yeah. So everyone's going to Vegas. And so me and Richie are like, oh, don't. We're going to Vegas. It's going to be unreal. We're getting all excited. Rock up to the airport. And so, like, we probably should have known, like, had a better understanding. But we assume we had our visas to get into Canada and that. Winnie our manager we love Winnie like love dog, but he's just got a lot on his plate so <laughs> we were just like oh we'll be we sweet we rock up to the counter go to check in um, and they ask for our visas and we look at Winnie and he's like oh just the same visas you used to get into here and we're like oh sweet well it's on our passport anyway and the lady's like oh now nah, wrong one you need a different one for the states and that so we're looking at Winnie like Winnie you didn't tell us this organize us. so we're trying to check in and sign up for our visas at the same time and we go. and so this is our first trip away we've been here two weeks this is our first trip with the team we're going to Vegas and we're like oh no So then try it all of it doesn't work so Winnie goes um, while we've got to get our flight like um, I'm going to jump on the plane message i'll message you when i land in vegas and work something out so me and richie are stuck in toronto like in the airport like what do you mean they're just going to leave us so the whole team's on the plane everyone (laughs) leaves us me and richie are stuck at toronto airport like what are we doing having to rebook our own flights and stuff and we're like you can't tell me this is happening we had been at the airport since like six in the morning the next flight wasn't till eight at night we just wanted We just wanted to get to Vegas with the boys and enjoy it. And we're like, oh no. So anyway, that happens. We sort it, we get to Vegas. And then the next week we're traveling, uh, might be for our first game or to Austin or something. I think it is. Yeah, it's Austin. And then, um, so we rock up to the airport and we get there early, like plenty of time. And it's packed. It's like packed. And some of the boys have priority check-ins and that. And like, it's just different here. Like back home when we travel, we'll check in as a whole team. You know, so everyone will meet at one spot, check to a group, check in, and then we can all go through together. So everyone's on the same page. We if we all if one misses it, we all miss it. We're all on sort of thing, you know? But here everyone just checks in individually and they just do their own thing. So we're waiting, we have to wait in different lines, and then we get there and we're going through customs and that. And we're looking like the plane's about to board and we're back, we're back in the line and we're ringing Winnie like Winnie, you need to do something like we not going to get on this flight and stuff and he's like yeah I've talked to the guy at um you know at the gate just go up to security say you've talked to him so we get out and I'm and we're going but if we get out of this line like there's a risk that if he doesn't let us through we have to go to the back of this line we've already been in it for an hour so we jump out go to the security guard hey bro we're with a team our manager he goes if you don't get to the back of the line, I'm calling no security on you. So, yeah, bro. So, we're like, no. So, the first two, our first two trips with the team, men are actually flew by ourselves. Winnie, catch like, up, so, mate. I was like, Windog, what are you doing to us? The greatest man, but he just has a lot on his plate. Even worse, so we met, so we couldn't get that flight. Next one wasn't till three in the Arvo. And the lady goes to us, like, we couldn't fly directly to Austin. So, she's like, you're going to have to fly to here and catch a bus to austin which is like a two and a half hour drive or three hour drive or rent Are a car kidding. and this is the night before the game and me and i'm looking like no nah, well we're not playing it like, i'm not going if i have the bus <laughs> so um you know there's a couple of uh, teething moments the first couple of weeks but we got yeah. there in the end it's good times it's, it's good to look back on it now it's funny now but in the time i was stressed city like okay. i couldn't have been more off it couldn't have been worse hey,
0: worse places to visit than vegas and austin as well hey
1: Oh, seriously, somewhere like Vegas is, I know, that's like another world. That I was your first time? Yeah, it's another world. I was like, that was my first time. Well, this is my first time to this side of the world yeah. in general. So, I'd never been to the States, Canada, North America, anything before. So, like, I'd been here two weeks. My first trip to the States was to Vegas. Not, Not the, the worst. worst.
0: That's wild. Mate, it's so very good. <laughs> it sucks, though, because obviously that's one of the biggest draw cards of this competition is the the cities and the travel you get to go and see whilst playing, and... You know, you've, had, you've got to wait another 12 months to do it all.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's bit like, it is a bit harder for us just because of our schedule. Yeah. Like uh, the start of the season, we're away a lot and we're traveling like we get home, have two days practice maybe. And then we're flying out again or, and they are long trips and a couple of flights. So, um, you know, it is, it's something that that uh, is attractive about this competition. You get to travel around and see those, um, you know, different things you usually wouldn't see in Australia New Zealand or playing in different competitions in the world, you know. Um, so yeah, it, I really enjoy that aspect of it. But for us, at, you know, it is a bit difficult with, um, with our travel and, and our flights and all so that. So
0: mate, just, just on the travel and, and being overseas, like, what are you looking for when you're going to a new city? Like, are you, cult,
1: are you screaming
0: Culture King's boy for sure?
1: Oh, honestly, my first thing I was going for was coffee yeah, to yeah. be fair. Cause over here, it's not the no. best. Like, compared to back home, it's so different. If I had money, I'd start a cafe so or there's, something. there's no like, good you know, in know, It's just not the same. Now, there <laughs> is a couple, to be fair, um, and now I'm closer to downtown, which is good, and there's one just around the corner, but when we, when I first got here, it was all, like, Tim Hortons and stuff like that, and Starbucks, you know, and that's not really Starbucks so that big back home. We have them, but we rather go to a local cafe and get a good coffee yeah. sort of thing, um, which is different here, and I'm a big coffee guy, so... Um, that, that's usually my first thing. Like, you know, I want to see if there's some good coffee around and then, yeah, a little bit of, you know, clothes shops and shoe you shops if, if I have, if to, have to, if there I have to.
0: So what's, uh, what's plans, um, for you after footy then, mate?
1: Um, honestly, I've got a, a couple of things probably like that I want to, while well, I'm thinking about one is obviously yep. coaching, um, I think I, I want to be in reg, uh, involved in rugby for as long as I can. And I think, you know, after I play, I can I can offer something in coaching, whether it be in a tech role, skills coach, something like that. I just think, um, you know, I, I know um, a little bit about rugby and, and at least on the skills side. So I think I, there's a lot for me to learn there. And, and I'd be, um, you know, really enjoy being able to pass that on or still be involved in a rugby team in that yeah. environment. I think that's something that I'm going to, um, I think all players miss or or will miss like uh, when we stop playing is you know that in team environment and going into that team every day and seeing those boys and those faces um so, so 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 coaching is something I really want to get into and then um working with kids from uh with disabilities and from troubled backgrounds or single parent homes and stuff like that in sport um, I think you know where I went to school. Um, I was at a low decile school, so it was it was a public school and the, a lot of the boys and my mates, you know, it wasn't always easy for them. So I think seeing that and growing up around that, I saw that not everyone got the same sort of opportunity. Yep. Um, so I think just being able to do that, uh, work with kids, obviously with disabilities and sport come from troubled backgrounds that might not get to experience those things as much, try go out to reach out to them instead of them having to try find it. So something around that. Um, I did a little bit of the Southland with it and like when I was in Southland with it and took kids to like uh, the stadium and stuff to show them around. Like a lot of those kids, it's something so uh, small and we don't even think about it for us because we play in the stadiums or when we're little, we got to go watch games and that, but a lot of these kids have never been into a proper stadium or stuff like that. So, I think something that some work around that is, is um something I wanna try to get involved in probably before I start coaching, uh, you know, and then coaching something I can look to keep doing on the side or, or branch. Mate, off that's to.
0: awesome. And I I guess the next follow up question to that is is that something that you might be interested in doing over here considering the growth of the game?
1: Like definitely for me. Um I I'm used to being away from home. Like I left home when I was when I was eighteen, um, and been by myself pretty much ever since like, I think. I was at home for two months um, at the end of last year and that was the longest uh, period of time that I'd been in Auckland um, since I'd left, you know, at once. So I'm used to being away in that. So I'd definitely be open to staying over here and and trying to start that or get involved somewhere um, because I think that with the athletes and the type of sport that's over here to convert them to rugby, you know, we could could really see the benefits of that. So I think to be able to coach here and, and, and teach the understanding of the game, um, and how it's meant to be played and then adding the skills and that, that'd be something that could, um, you know, could be really useful over the side of the 100%. world.
0: hundred percent. I, um, similar mindset, actually, I'm doing a bit of coaching in New York with um, some schools down here as well. So I love it. And then you can just, I think the big thing over here as well with like coaching kids is like, it's so new to them. So they just like the enthusiasm is next level.
1: Exactly. No one thinks exactly. they know it all already because they and, don't.
0: And then, <laughs> and then on top of that, the parents certainly don't know it. So they're not challenging you or any of the stuff as well. So, you just...
1: or, or trying to come exactly. in and coach with you. <laughs> exactly.
0: Mate, so good. All right. So not a whole lot of sport going on at, over in the States at the moment. But what we do have that you certainly appreciate is a bit of NRL and now the uh, super yeah. rugby stuff coming in the, well, this week, actually. Um yeah. Mate, this blues team you must be pretty excited about.
1: Oh, it's always yeah. yeah. Like it's always tough because they always have that team on paper. I'm like, yeah, stacked, they've got a good team. We've got D C and that in, which I'm so excited about and I think they can you know, there's so many combinations they can play with him and Bodie and that, but it's this is the frustrating thing about being a blues supporter in Aucklander, you know, we always have that team on paper if you look through the years, but just never seem to be able to be consistent with performances. So I'm still a little bit on the edge of my seat. Um obviously that's my team and I and I'll always support them and I'm hoping they do well, but you never wanna uh say it too early with the That's blues.
0: you're the first you're the yeah. first blues court I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks that's that's had that perspective. Everyone else is all in.
1: Oh, I just I gotta oh, yeah. keep it real, I think like they're my boys and I love DC like the, the goat, you know, but I just think uh over all the years we had Ma'an, Nonu, non Sunny like all the teams we've had um for some reason just haven't been to put uh, been able to put performances together. So as much as I'm excited um you know for what, what can happen, you know, I'm still a little bit on the edge see. Yeah, That's true.
0: Hey um I guess that'll be the first for a lot of those boys there um in Toronto with the NRL stuff as well. Like are many of those guys getting into that or
1: like have you shown them a bit of the rugby league? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but not because they're interested. It's because they miss having yeah. a punt. Yeah, like right, there's been, <laughs> like you know, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even going to lie. We're keeping it real. Like a lot of the boys, you know, they will talk, and that's the thing. They miss having a punt, and there's nothing to have a bet on here. So with the NRL coming back, it's been perfect. And you know, a lot of them uh, at the moment, or a couple of them I know, are losing a little bit just because they still don't know the teams that well, or they're still, you know, it's a little bit hit and miss. So um, they have been asking for some tips in that here and there. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that they're, they're happy. Well, I'm happy. I know there's some sport um, that's on, and it's something that I understand. It's not hockey yeah. or something. Um, and it's, I think they're also enjoying it as well because it's similar to rugby. Uh, they sort of get it, and they get well, the Well, I point. think
0: also just, like, the skill set and sort of just, like, how raw um, it is from, you know, some of those guys like Caelan Ponger and Roger Tulavasa, Like, these boys must be getting, like, lighting their exactly. eyes up seeing that type of
1: skill. And I think, and I think it's it's appealing in the sense it's a lot yeah. easier to understand than rugby. Like it, it's not as complicated. The rules aren't there. You have six tackles. Boom! You kick it. You go for your sets, and you're trying to attack and and win field position. And then if you win field position, you have better attacking set sort of thing. So it's it's a bit easier to understand and grasp the idea. Um, and probably nearly because of that tackle count and those attacking kicks, it, it might be a little bit more exciting for people that are first watching it. So I think I think they are enjoying it and and that side of it Man, as well. I'd-
0: had another question um, around the rugby league stuff, but have you guys had any interaction or or any sort of involvement with the Wolfpack in Toronto, and your boy?
1: Um, we we haven't because just because of how um you know this whole pandemic and and everything started. They start their season in the UK okay. pretty much. They're not even here for the for the first half when we are here, and we're always traveling so we play out of the same stadium and that, which would have been unreal coming into these sort of, um, you know, summer months. Uh, It's downtown, it's around the um, bars and, and restaurants and that. So it'd be a really good atmosphere. And I think if we could bring the two teams together and start to, start to build the infrastructure and knowledge around the rugby and rugby league, um, you know, it'd be really exciting for, for Toronto. But in saying that there, there are a lot of people like we've, we caught the, train into, we used to catch a train into trainings we've, and now we've got like uh, one of the team cars with the Arrows logo on it and you know people ask about it or when they ask about us they think we are the Wolfpack so that there's at least they at least know something or have a sense of rugby or there is new sport and everything coming around so and it, it at least starts the conversation about the Arrows and rugby and, and, and putting the yeah, message right. out and, there.
0: And maybe if uh, SBW gets a little bit bored of playing rugby league you might come down to a training session or two
1: yeah, like he can come play for us <laughs> and bring his contract, bring his contract, yeah, bring his contract, wants, share the because well. <laughs> we're going to, uh, because he'll probably need to be the one, the beneficiary Jesus. signing us, um, with yeah. his contract. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he ever wants to get bored, you know, come down, also, yeah, the boys will yeah, have you for sure.
0: <laughs> well, man, awesome to have you on. Oh, like, oh, I just want to hear what's, what's plans then over the, the next couple of months. Like, obviously not a whole lot of rugby, but, um, Maybe a bit of traveling.
1: Yeah, honestly, um, I want to try to do a little road trip or, or start and go away with uh, a couple of the boys that I live yeah. with if we can. Um, I think uh, you know national parks and that are starting to open up, and uh, so you get to see a bit of bit of Canada and Toronto and the west coast and that w- while I can and and uh, while I'm still here before we get back into the snow and I'm regretting yeah, that I did nothing. Of
0: course, mate. Well, uh, Taylor, it's been awesome. Thanks very much for coming on, mate.
1: My man, I yeah, appreciate definitely. you for it. And
0: then, um, obviously, when things start to roll up again, um, I don't know if we're going to do it again this year, but find somewhere in the middle of America
1: and play a ridiculous script. <laughs> yeah. and, and bus six hours to play oh, half the field, two-hand touch, nearly. <laughs> With 400 penalties in a, pre, in a pre-season. Uh, yeah. yeah. we, were, uh, we were
0: biting <laughs> our tongues on the way home after that one, that's for sure. I was biting
1: my yeah. tongue on the way there. <laughs>
0: Never mind. Bloody right. hell. So, All right, brother. Mate, take care. Thanks for coming on. My boy, appreciate it, has Bye. Thanks for having me.